but I am almost unrecognizable to myself at times. My outlook is more optimistic. I'm less judgmental. I have vastly more patience and self-control. I'm a better observer. I get along better with people, especially my husband. I have a peace of mind that comes from the world making so much more sense to me. What brought about this change? Counseling? Nope. Happy pills? Nope. Yoga? Nope. A religious awakening? Wrong again. Acupuncture? Definitely not. I discovered a school for exotic animal trainers and wrote a book about it. That's what. Funny thing is, I wasn't looking to change, but change has always had a way of finding me. I learned early in my journalism career that whatever I wrote about, whether it was blueberry farming or avant-garde jazz, eventually got under my skin to some degree. When I wrote a book about the world of competitive cooking in America, before long, I was dreaming up recipes and submitting them. When I worked on a series about domestic violence, I began to have nightmares. If I was this easily influenced, I decided, I'd have to stay clear of darker topics. Complicated was okay. Deeply troubling was not. For my second book, I followed students at Moorpark College's Exotic Animal Training and Management Program, the Harvard University for Animal Trainers, for one year. I walked away not only with a California tan, a new respect for scavengers, and more than enough material for a book, but something I never expected— a whole new approach to life. While I worked on that book, I droned on to friends and family, anyone who would hold still for thirty seconds, of the great wisdom I had found at the feet of animal trainers. My friends, who had listened to me rattle on about how to cube meat for competitive chili while I wrote cook-off, nodded good-humoredly and, I suspect, thought to themselves, there she goes again. Sometimes they'd interrupt me to ask, when is your book due? In hopes the deadline was not far off and that I'd soon be on another topic. My husband, who, like me, loves animals and knows his fair share about training, was far more receptive and didn't even make fun of me when I began tossing about terms like incompatible behavior or instinctive drift but not even he really understood at first what I was up to, that I had begun to use animal training techniques, only I was using them on my fellow species, and on no one more than my handsome husband. Eventually, I wrote a column for the New York Times about how I had improved my marriage by thinking like an animal trainer. To my surprise, the whole world sat up and took notice. After being ignored by my friends, I was suddenly besieged with interview requests from around the globe—Brazil, Ireland, Spain, Canada. Four reporters called me from Australia alone. My inbox filled up with congratulatory emails. I landed on the Today Show. Hollywood called. My column shot to the top of the list of most emailed stories at the Times, where it remained for days, then weeks, and eventually became the most emailed story of 2006. 
When the dust settled, I had a movie deal and a contract to make my Times column into a book. I never expected to write this book, or anything like it. But then, I never expected that animal training would transform me. I'm not a counselor, or a minister, or a trainer, or an expert of any kind. I'm a journalist. What I have to offer is my own personal story, as a kind of Alice who stumbled into Wonderland, where cheetahs walk on leashes, hyenas pirouette on command, and baboons skateboard, and left with a new outlook on marriage, men, humans, life. My experience may give you some food for thought, a laugh, a light dose of philosophy, a way to solve some small problems that aren't worth a visit to the shrink but still nag.